Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome along to this weekend's episode of La Liga Lowdown, the final episode of an incredible 2019. As always, our match day recap is rebroadcast on Sirius XMFC 157. And as always, I'm your host, Hugh McTeer. We've got a packed show for you to finish up the year, and we're going to start Andalusian today. <laughs> Twenty eighteen was not a good year for Julian Lopetegui as he was sacked from both the Spain and Real Madrid jobs. Ouch. But twenty nineteen has gone better. He's taken over at Sevilla and he's done an incredible job. They'll spend the holiday season in third place after they earned a two 0 victory away at Real Mallorca on Saturday. It's 34 points from 18 match days for Sevilla and they're just 5 points off top spot. To discuss Lopetegui's fine start to the season, let's bring in our Sevilla expert Gregor Chappelle. And Gregor, the first thing I want to ask you is this. What would most Sevilla fans have thought if you told them at the start of the season that they'd be sitting third over Christmas? Oh well, you know, I know that in the summer a lot of fans were really excited about the appointment of Lopetegui. It was a massive signing for the club um, to bring in a manager of that pedigree. And, you know, if I told them, I mean, in August, they had to be realistic. They recon- recognised that he brought in a lot of new faces to the club, a lot of new players. It takes time for a new manager to implement his own way of doing things, his own playing style. So they maybe didn't expect things, didn't expect the team to hit the ground running. Um, but if I told them that come December 21st, they'd be sitting third in La Liga, only behind Barcelona and Real Madrid, they'd be absolutely delighted with that. One of the things I find really interesting about this Sevilla is that their good form can travel. You see a lot of Sevilla at home, Gregor, but they actually have a better away record this season. 2.0 points per game away, 1.75 points per game at home. Why do you think that is, especially as the Sanchez piece one has traditionally been such a fortress? Yeah, that's an interesting stat, actually. But, um, I mean, I'd say that's probably, for me, I think it's because the players feel more under pressure when they're playing at home, I think. Because the Sevilla fans are notoriously demanding of their side. They always have been. And, I mean, I've been there, I've seen them. When things aren't going their way, they aren't scared to let the players know that they're not happy with what they're seeing. 
Um, so I think when they go away from home, that pressure's almost lifted and it helps them actually not being in front of their own supporters, strangely. And also we can't forget that of the current top six sides, they've only played Barcelona away from home so far this year. So after New Year, those the away fixtures are going to get a lot more difficult. They're going to have to go and play these sides on their home patch. And I'm quite interested to see if they can continue grinding out these results like they have been doing away from home against tougher opposition next year. We saw Taki Fusa Kubo up against Sergio Reguilon in this one, two Real Madrid loanees, and Kubo had some joy in that battle. To be honest, one of the only negatives for Sevilla right now is that Reguilon hasn't been great for a while after starting the season so brightly. What do you put that down to? I mean, I was I was really impressed with them at the start of the year, and sadly, that form has dropped off slightly. And I have been quite disappointed with him over the last few weeks. But, you know, we can't forget that he's he's relatively very young. He only just turned 23 this week. Um, and a year ago, he'd only played 90 minutes of senior football. So he is quite inexperienced, really. Um, he had that little run in the Real Madrid team, obviously, and he's getting a good run of games at Sevilla at the moment. But, I mean, for example, something that he needs to improve is his decision-making in the final third, but that comes with experience. And under Lopetegui, I think he's got the ideal manager there to help him out and to kind of guide him through this kind of patch that he's going through. I think he's lacking confidence. Things aren't quite going his way. So I'm just hoping that over the next few weeks, Lopetegui keeps his faith with him and he can start to pick up the form that he was showing at the start of the year. Thank you, Gregor. Joining Sevilla in the top four over the Christmas period are Atletico Madrid, they moved up into 4th place on 32 points, 2 behind Sevilla, as they beat the other team from Seville, Real Betis. They went away from home and earned a hard-fought 2-1 victory. After a goalless first half, not the first time we've seen that from Atletico Madrid this season, Diego Simeone made a decisive substitution as he took off Thomas Lamar and brought on Angel Correa. Lamar, the 70 million euro man, just isn't working at Atletico Madrid, even though Simeone is really trying to give him opportunities. Meanwhile, Correa has been one of the best performers for Atletico this season and he came on and made a difference, scoring the opener and then assisting Alvaro Morata for a second, the first player this La Liga season to come off a bench and score an assist in the same game. Real Betis pulled one back late on through Mark Bartra, but this was an away win for Atletico Madrid and they finished 2019 strong. Another team to finish 2019 strong is Leganes. Perhaps the match of the weekend was Leganes versus Espanyol. Not for the quality of play, which was absent, but because this was the basement battle. Leganes and Espanyol both went into this one, level and bottom place on 10 points, and both really needed to win. It was Leganes who did get the 2-0 victory, with goals from Martin Braithwaite and Yusuf Nezri. I was there and I discussed it with a colleague after the match. So I'm here with La Liga journalist Panos Kostopoulos after the game at Butarki. Leganes winning 2-0. It was two bottom-of-the-table teams and it wasn't a great game, Panos. It was maybe influenced by the win, but how how bad a game was that? 
Uh, it, well, as you said, it wasn't that good. The thing it was, the wind was very strong. The two teams are not very used to playing the ball down, so they're not used to building a play from the back. So they tried the long balls, and they they got it. They they saw that they cannot uh, um, play with long balls, and uh, whenever they tried. <laughs> To put the ball down, as they did, as my Leganes did twice or three times, they they created some chances. Exactly. Leganes had two good pieces of play, and that's how they got the goals. They're playing quite well under Javier Aguirre. Two wins, two draws, two losses in the league. A positive goal difference of plus one. The losses have been against Barcelona and Sevilla. Is pretty good for Leganes right now, no? Yeah, they are. Um, I think they are still second bottom of the league, but they are um, they are doing better at this moment. I think that they have improved under Aguirre. Um, if they if they do win those kind of games as they did against Mallorca, they won against Mallorca home. They are winning now at home. If they win the games with uh, the teams that are below the middle of the table, then they can manage. They, they probably can manage to stay to stay in La Liga. And they could probably win these games because our Leganes is the best time-wasting team in La Liga. <laughs> they have perfected. They they know how to perfectly do it. Their their goalkeeper today, she she was amazing. She was she she had the perfect timing. And amazingly, he didn't receive a yellow card, which uh, I, I I wouldn't expect. And Awardo and Espanyol, they were bad. They're bottom of the table. Uh, they almost looked out of ideas, or maybe they had too many ideas. Pablo Machín seemed to be confusing his players. Uh, is it maybe too complicated, or, or what's going on with Espanyol? I don't know. Man. Um, this should have been the change. Machín came today. He played like a, a back five, and then he shifted to back four. Then he used the three or four different forwards. The team in the middle third they couldn't build play. They couldn't didn't play um, the ball down. It was so complicated. They didn't create. They hardly created any chance. I don't remember any chance they created. They had like three, four, maybe shots, um, two on target. They, if they continue like this, I cannot see the way they can stay up. Yeah, not good for Espanyol. 18 games played in La Liga, 10 points. But funnily enough, they're through in the Europa League. Thank you, Panos, for that insight after the game here at Butaki. Cuidado, Anguisa, 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 se mete dentro del área, Anguisa. No puede rematar, Anguisa, remata. El remate, finalmente. Gol, 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 gol. Muy Gómez, gol. Gol. It's time now to bring in Paco Pola as we discuss two of the big games involving Valencian community teams this weekend, starting with Villarreal. You just heard the commentary of Moy Gomez's goal, the only one of the game, as they defeated in-form Hitafi 1-0. Paco, this was another victory for Villarreal, who are third top scorers in La Liga so far this season. How fun are they to watch? They have been super fun to watch, especially for their home crowd who have witnessed 19 goals so far this season, the third best at home after Barca and Real Madrid. But I guess the delight comes from the fact that they are not only scoring a lot, they are actually winning games, even though that much needed consistency is still missing. Remember, at this point last season, they had 17 points and were in the relegation spot, so there's an improvement and obviously that makes fans to be much happy with how things are developing in Stadio La Ceramica. The goal was scored by Moy Gomez, who arrived in the summer, but who had been in Villarreal's academy years ago. Can you tell us a little bit more about him? 
Well, his story is quite interesting as he had been forever playing for Villarreal's Youth Academy till his debut in 2011 with the first team. After Villarreal got relegated, he got his chance to play regularly and was able to help the team climb back to Primera División. Later, under Marcelino García Toral and his trusty 4-4-2, the 2014-2015 season was possibly his best one yet. But due to players such as Denis Suárez or Samu Castillejo being at the top of their game, Moy Gómez got loaned to Getafe, later sold to Sporting de Gijón, where he got relegated again, and finally loaned to Huesca, where his game has fully developed. Villarreal bought him back last summer for a little over 1 million euros, and his performance overall has been excellent. A fully mature 25-year-old player who really respects Villarreal's badge and Villarreal's shirt. Although Moigoma scored the goal, it came about because of a great run forward by Andre Frank Zambo and Guisa, as we heard in the commentary. I had the impression that he was purely a defensive midfielder, but we've seen him a lot more attacking in recent weeks, haven't we? You know, Zambuangisa is just another of those random Villarreal signings who everybody questions in summer and is later universally praised. Because of the way Calleja has been fiddling with the midfield, we've seen him progressively increasing his offensive presence because of his amazing physical progress, fitting him into a box-to-box mold that hugely helps, for example, Santi Cazorla to be freed up from heavy marking. Anguisa's game was, in my view, crucial for the outcome against Getafe, and I would say he was the most important player in order to secure the three points. Moving on to Valencia, they visited Real Valladolid and equalised in the 94th minute through Manu Vallejo after Sergi Guardiola had put Valladolid ahead minutes earlier. It finished 1-1, but did Valencia deserve a point? Okay, first things first, Valencia played an awful game, both in the first half, but especially in the second half. But ultimately, Valladolid's pressing and drive was more of an attitude trait rather than being vastly superior to the opposition. So, on one hand, I understand Valladolid fans who are very angry about losing two points late in the game, but at the same time, I also think Valencia's resilience should be praised because they believed they could level the score after a horrible performance and they finally did it. It was yet another comeback effort from Valencia. Ten of their points this season have come from matches which they were losing. That's the third most in La Liga. Why are they so good at fighting back? I think it's a matter of attitude and belief. And it all can be traced back to this point last year, December 2018, after that late 93rd minute Pizzini goal against Huesca that sent Mestalla into a frenzy and, you know, actually saved Marcelino from getting the sack. From that point onward, Valencia walked the tightrope for five months straight, always playing to the limit of their abilities and the outcome, you know, was mostly positive most of the time. So that kind of results after fighting so much, I think they gave this squad a sense of belonging, a sense of family, resilience and brotherhood that has remained with the new coach even after the old one was unfairly fired in September. So, football can be pretty straightforward sometimes. These lads just believe in themselves. Thank you, Paco, and thanks to Gregor and Panos too for their insight in part one. We've got a lot more to come in part two. You'll notice we've not mentioned Barcelona or Real Madrid yet. That's because our discussion of their respective weekends is coming up right after this short break.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome back to this week's La Liga Lowdown Match Day Recap as we reflect on the 18th round of the La Liga season. Topping the table over Christmas are Barcelona on 39 points. Real Madrid drew at home to Athletic Club on Sunday night. A game we'll get into in just a bit. So that means Barcelona are two points ahead of the rivals at this stage in the season. They didn't play well in the midweek classical but were given an early Christmas present as their next fixture was a home game against Alaves, one of the very worst away teams in La Liga and the only La Liga side to have already been knocked out of the Copa del Rey. Roman de Arquer is here to discuss this one and Roman, after the classical, this was maybe the easiest fixture Barcelona could have had, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Alaves was one of the easier fixtures Barca could have had after that tough uh, 0-0 draw against uh, Real Madrid. Uh, Garitano's team weren't really going through a good streak. They lost badly in La Copa del Rey against uh, Real Jaén, a third division team by 3-1. And then also they drew against Leganés. They lost also badly against Granada in La Liga. So it was a tough time for them and Barca needed something, a game like this, sorry, to end the year at the top. Although it has to be said that through, uh, during a few moments in the second half, it was 2-1 and it was a bit of pressure on Barcelona. But in the end, it ended up being quite a relatively easy game for Barcelona. Another game in which all three of Messi, Griezmann and Suarez scored. How is their chemistry developing? I mean, it's definitely improving. Um, as we all know, Griezmann is the one who has to kind of adapt uh, because we all know about the chemistry between Messi and Suarez. They've been playing together for a long time and scored so many goals. Uh, so the French player, I mean, he has games where he struggles, as we saw against Real Madrid. But then in other, in other games, he's been um, the guy to score first to, to break, you know, that nil-nil uh, draw, which is also really important. So that's something he's doing really well. He's, he's adapting and getting to know these players much better. And we hope that in 2020 he can uh, get even better and become that third uh, magnificent striker as we saw back in the days with maybe Neymar, where, where the three of them were just fantastic. So hopefully he'll, he'll get to a similar level sooner than later. Carlos Alenia got a rare start. How did he do? 
Well, taking into account that it doesn't play very often, I think he had a pretty decent game. Uh, he had good control of the ball in that midfield uh, with Busquets and Vidal, and he was looking for those uh, good through balls, which almost end up in goals. And in general, I think he had a very complete performance, although it has to be said that he didn't make a little mistake in Alaves' goal where he didn't follow Pere Pons as he was supposed to defensively. But apart from that uh, little mistake, I think in general he, he had a very good game and hopefully he can complete more of these uh, matches in 2020 to become an important uh, Barcelona player for the future. Also in midfield was Arturo Vidal. He was great. So why isn't he a starter for Barcelona? Well, I think Valverde has a kind of pressure to play a certain style of football with Bar in Barcelona. So I think he has to prioritize players such as Artur, such as Frankie, such as Busquets, uh, youngsters such as Alenia, even though that doesn't uh, seem to be working as well. And at the same time, um, Bidal has, or people have this image of Bidal, where he's not a guy who can play with a ball in his feet, who's more of a destructor, who has to just run up and down, box to box kind of player, which I think is, is, isn't correct because um, Bidal has proved he can play perfectly in this system with Barcelona and where they can win games and where he can adapt to what they require. So I, I think Valverde has this pressure, especially from previous years when he was playing with Paulinho. And I mean, Paulinho was getting goals and he was having good performances, but he wasn't what uh, Barca uh, fans, Barca board directors wanted. So um, Vidal, despite having such good games, he's kind of forced to come out of the bench. And at the, sta at the same time, from the bench, he usually gives that extra uh, energy Barca needed in lots of games where they're kind of maybe a bit sleepy and Vidal makes them click, you know, a bit into the game. So I think these are maybe a few of the reasons why he isn't a starter, even though he definitely deserves more minutes, seeing how he gives his 100% every single game he plays. Let's talk about Alaves. They're slipping down the table and they were knocked out the Copa del Rey already. How should Alaves fans be feeling over Christmas? Alaves fans have to enjoy Christmas at the moment. Not wor not to worry at all, I mean. They're still five points away from relegation, which is a pretty good cushion. They've had a good season so far. Um, maybe the hopes were a bit high after they ended last year in 11th position with 50 points. That, that was a, a great performance by them along the whole of 2018-2019. Uh, uh, but now they just have to you know, relax. Garitano now has some time to think things over, to try and um, improve and see how he can get the team... Uh, playing a bit better, but I think it's way too soon to, to, to panic. Thanks, Roman. Now let's move on to Real Madrid, who played Sunday night at home to Athletic Club, and they couldn't get the win despite dominating the game. They even hit the post three times, but it just wasn't their day. Keen Savani of Managing Madrid joins me now, and Keen, we've just seen two games in a row in which Real Madrid dominated, yet no goals. It's been two goalless draws. What's that down to? Is it just bad luck, or is it something else? Um, I think it. I think you can say it's a bit of bit of everything. Bad luck certainly fits the bill. I mean, the margin of error on in these games and the the tone that we say what the kind of what we discuss after the game really depends on the finest of margins and the millimeters and centimeters of Tony Kroos hitting the crossbar, Benzema having a goal save off the line, Nacho hitting the crossbar, Luka Jovic hitting the post, and in the camp, no, you know, like you know, being denied a couple penalties, scoring an offside goal. Those things, a millimeter here or there, and the tone is completely different after the game. So bad luck certainly factors into it. And I mean, obviously, the, the obvious is that Benzema's not getting much help offensively right now with Hazard out of the lineup. And Vinicius created a bunch of chaos against uh, Athletic 
uh, tonight, but he just he couldn't score. And I mean that I don't want to jump on the narrative that he can't finish or whatever because I think the last couple of games where he's gotten in good positions, they've been difficult chances kind of. Um, the one he got himself into against Athletic, you know, he drove past a couple of defenders and it was a good sequence and he probably should have gone near post. But all that is a long-winded way of saying that they're having a bit of bad luck right now and you assume things will just get better when the team gets into a flow and everyone gets healthy and Hazard gets back. Defensively though, that's six clean sheets from the last nine. That's got to be a cause for optimism. Has to be. I mean, this is, um, I to me, one of the most underrated storylines for Real Madrid this season is the fact that they've been able to, you know, become defensively secure. So A through Casemiro just being more positionally disciplined, but also um, Fede Valverde covering so much ground and helping Casemiro out. And that makes a big difference. I mean, it gives Ramos and Baran a, a huge relief. It gives Courtois much less tests than before. Um, I mean, if we if we think about it, this is half the reason why they're, they're still in the league is because they've been so good defensively, limiting elite opponents like Barcelona at the Camp Nou to to not many chances like two two clear-cut chances I mean not many not many teams can go to the Camp Nou and do that so you're right the defending has been a huge huge plus finally two points behind Barcelona at this stage of the season how confident are you of Real Madrid winning the league uh it's, it's a good question um I am I'm confident of Real Madrid putting a good string of performances together maybe getting a result against Barca the Bernabeu um but I'm less confident about Barca dropping as many points as they need to. I know that Barcelona have not been good this year. And I know that they've dropped many points. And they've also gained points at, in, in games where they probably shouldn't have won. But um, it's, I have trouble seeing Barcelona really spiral into inconsistency. So I'm, I'm a bit... They, obviously, Real Madrid can win the league. I think it's going to be difficult. Now it's time to crash back down to the bottom of the table. There were some very big games in terms of the relegation battle. In addition to the Leganes and Espanyol duel, we had Eibar versus Granada on Friday night, a match which Eibar won 3-0. They were really good and that win was much needed. They actually love playing Granada as their previous five matches against them have all been victories. This 3-0, a 4-0, a 2-1, a 5-1 and a 3-1. It was also a third clean sheet in a row for Eibar and they also got the first goals of the season for Sergei Enrich and Takashi Inui. So positive times at Eibar. They were pretty ecstatic at Levante too as they hosted Celta Vigo on Sunday and pulled off a comeback victory. Iago Aspas put Celta ahead but a second half Roger Marti brace for Levante and a late one from Borja Mayoral made this a 3-1 victory for Levante consigning Celta Vigo to a festive period spent in the relegation zone along with Leganes and Espanyol. The final game to discuss this weekend is the one with the most goals. Osasuna hosted Real Sociedad and as you just heard in the commentary, it was a cracker. 4-3 it finished to Real Sociedad. They went 3-0 up but Osasuna pulled it back to 3-2, then it was 4-2, then 4-3 and it was a nervy end to the game 
but Real Sociedad did hold on and they are fifth in the table. Since it's the end of the year, I'll quickly run through the standings in the table as we finish up. From 1st to 20th, it goes Barcelona, Real Madrid, Sevilla, Atletico Madrid, Real Sociedad, Hitafi, Athletic Club, Valencia, Levante, Villarreal, Granada, Osasuna, Real Betis, Real Valladolid, Alaves, Eibar, Mallorca, Celta Vigo, Leganes and Espanyol. Thanks to this week's contributors Gregor Chappell, Panos Kostopoulos, Paco Pollitt, Roman de Arquer and Keen Savani. I've been your host, June McTeer. Thank you very much for listening today and for your support for La Liga Lowdown all year long. Happy holidays, folks, and we'll talk Spanish football with you again in 2020. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.